Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One More Round Radio. This is the show that brings passion and punch to you about the world of boxing. Covering every weight class and every fighter from around the world, we focus on bringing you our unique perspective and opinions of the ring world. We are live here from Studio One of WCSN, the Windy City Sports Network, located in the heart of Chicago. This is One More Round Radio. Good evening, Chicago. First episode, One More Round Radio. Introduction to the Chicago Tree Party doing one of the most anticipated boxing shows. Today with me, this is Big Nick, Chicago Tree Party in full effect. We got Mush Jackman here. Hey guys, what's up? And Sammy the Bull, the fan favorite. Hey, what's up, guys? Let's do this. Boxing, guys. Very passionate about boxing. We're avid boxing fans. We've been watching boxing for, for plenty of years. And we have very unique opinions about specific fighters and just about the boxing world in general. So we're going to be going into a lot of recaps that happened. We've had three huge fight cards happen, guys, since we uh, since we started putting this together, and we're gonna try to go over each card. You're looking at right now. We're gonna go over the Hopkins Bebut Shomanov card. We're gonna look a little bit into the Klitschko Lapel fight. Then we've got the Thurman Diaz fight. From there on, guys, we're going to go over a little bit and talk about some of our top 10 welterweights uh, of all time. And uh, we've got a lot of different lists here. So we're going to go uh, basically person to person, and we're going to see what Sammy the Bull got, Mush Jackman, and, uh, of course, me, Big Nick, and our top 10 welterweights of all time. Uh, got some good conversations that are going to happen around that as well, too. Uh, we also are going to go into the fight tomorrow, which is going to be highly anticipated, uh, which is going to be the Mayweather-Madonna fight. Uh, which will be happening tomorrow. Tonight is Friday, May... What are we looking at here? Second, guys? Yes. May 2nd. And uh, tomorrow is going to be the Mayweather fight. So uh, we're going to try to get into the thick of things here, and we're going to go over the Hopkins fight, which happened, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, a couple weeks ago it happened. It happened on uh, April 19th. So the first fight, there was three fights on the card, and we're going to start with the uh, the, the WBO middleweight title uh, fight, which was uh, Quillen versus... Uh, Lucas Katsensi. Yeah, so that was the the first fight that happened on that. So um, what's your breakdown on that, uh, Sammy? Well, I mean, I thought uh, Peter Quillen did a good job of boxing. I thought this guy, uh, Katsensi, he's a durable guy. Um, He was uh, originally a 154-pound fighter, and he came up in weight to take this fight. He's got 55. He's got around 55 fights. He's never been knocked out. So you know he's durable. That being said, I mean, Kid Chocolate, he really didn't look that good. He looked pretty ordinary to me. And uh, as far as a middleweight champion goes, I think he's one of the weak links in the division. 
Where, um, how did the guy get the nickname White Chocolate? Kid well, Chocolate. It's, it's Kid, Kid Chocolate. Chocolate. Kid how did you get that? I'm really not sure how he got it. He's, you know, probably a smooth fighter and someone gave him that nickname in the gym. Wow. So what's your take, Jackman? Yeah, I, I thought it was a decent fight. Uh, Kanansi was too small, like uh, Sammy the Bull stated. He was a 154 guy going up against a 160, and you can definitely see the size difference. It almost looked like uh, Quillen was two weight classes above him. He was much taller and bigger than Kanansi, but uh, Quillen didn't do nothing spectacular. To you know, he just kind of won the rounds, and uh, you know, Kanansi just kind of took it. He tried in spurts. He tried letting his hands go a little bit, but uh, he was just too small and and too uh, short and not long enough to reach Quillen. Not good enough. It looks like uh, they're setting him up, setting up a matchup between Quillen and Jacobs, who was who sat in for Malinaji as the announcer on uh, Showtime. It looks like that's who Quillen is going to fight next. That's so they're going to set it up for the next fight. It looks that way. It's not set in stone, but it looks that way. Gotcha. Next fight, which uh, was an interesting fight, and I actually saw this fight twice. I actually uh, the Porter Malinaji fight, uh, IBF welterweight title. What did you guys think about that one? I, I mean, my personal opinion, and after going through the welterweights, um, I actually like Porter a lot. Yeah, I do too. I was very surprised in that fight. Uh, Malinaji's a veteran. He's never been dominated like that. Um, there's a possibility that people say he may have gotten old overnight. Yeah. But um, the and way I know you were a huge fan of his. I was a fan of Malinaji. I think he's a great you boxer. Still are. I'm still a fan of him. I think he's a class act. I think he's a great boxer. And. The only weakness he's ever really had was he was just missing that punching power. I said this before: if Malinaji had power, he could have been a hundred million dollar fighter. He would have been a hundred million dollar fighter. Yeah, I, I just think watching watching Porter, I I, I think a couple of things. I think he's going to be a staple in the welterweight division. I think he's too young. He's only twenty four zero and one right now, fifteen KOs. So the guy's got some power behind him. I think you give this guy another twenty fights, he's going to be a staple on the top of the welterweight charts. Well, I, I I think he's in a top ten right now. I don't think he needs another twenty fights. I'm looking at another three, two, three. I got fights. him as a top five in welterweight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a hell of a fighter. You know, Showtime right now is talking about matching him up. With Keith Thurman, yes, and the winner of that, and that's Jackman's favorite one of our yeah, fighters. I'm Thurman. a big Keith Thurman fan. Uh, Sean Porter's a great star. I mean, he did well against Malalaji. I think his uh, quickness and his uh, just jumping out there was hard punches, jumping in and out. He caught Polly. I didn't think Polly was really ready for that. Uh, Every time speed. I see Malinaji, I think of uh, DJ Polly D from Jersey Shore. <laughs> he looks like yeah, him. he's yeah, you know? he, he's from New York. He's yeah. from that area, so right. And I think just uh, tenacity of Porter and uh, jumping in and out and uh, with those wide shots caught Paulie. And uh, the guy hits hard. Porter hits hard. You he know? does, man. Yeah, and he's quick and he's aggressive. And he was just you know overwhelmed them early in the fight. Got him hurt early in the fight, and that guy kept coming. And it was just uh, he's a good up and coming fighter. Yes, I mean I, I'm actually excited with some of these welterweights that I are mean, in there. I mean he's got a win over Devin Alexander, who's a pretty good welterweight, also. Yeah, but I mean very very interesting to see some of these fights that might be happening in the future as well too. I mean, what's your take on Kel Brooks? Uh, well, he's he's an English fighter. He's from England. I mean, I, ju- and I like English fighters. You know, I like them, but they haven't fared too well. Against our American fighters. Only, I mean, you've had like Ricky Hatton. You've had a few guys yeah. that were able to make that transition. But for the most part, these European fighters, they haven't fared too well here. They usually, I loved Mickey Hatton. Yeah. Actually, he was one of the, my favorites of all time. Ricky Hatton? Yeah, uh, no, what's, uh, Ricky Mickey Hatton. 
Ricky, no, no, Ricky. Ricky. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Ward, Mickey Ward. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Ricky. Yeah, yeah. Hatton. I loved Hatton, dude. His fights were great. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was aggressive. I mean, yeah, yes. he was aggressive. He was tough, and uh, he won some big fights. Yeah, a lot of heart, man. The guy had a lot of heart. Yeah, that guy did have a lot of heart. The guy would get his ass beat in the ring, man. Sometimes, but all right. Next fight we got. Uh, it's the IBFWBA light heavyweight title, and that was. Uh, um, the alien now, he's no longer called, uh, the executioner. Uh, it's the alien Bernard Hopkins versus Babu Chomanoff. Um, I, I don't know. In my opinion, I think Hopkins, Hopkins was one of the most boring fighters I've ever seen. I literally have paid for pay-per-views and fallen asleep on them before. And his last two fights, he changed the style of his fighting. Well, I mean, let's give Bernard Hopkins credit here. This guy's he's 49, isn't he? 49 years old. Yeah. I mean, you got to give this guy credit. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I think about this. I'm going to be 38 years old next month. This guy's 49. He and he's, a, he's boxing. And he's still boxing. He, his last two fights, though, looks like he's in his 30s. It, he it, looks great. He yeah. looks great. He's boxing at a championship level. I mean, he's a champion. He's boxing better now than I thought when he was before. I think and the, he's more exciting to watch now. Well, yeah, it, it, it depends on a lot of times. It depends on the opponent also. What I thought was very strange in this fight was the other guy didn't have a corner, man. I've never seen this in boxing. I've been watching boxing for the longest time. Have you ever seen seen a fight where Mm-mm. there was never. no corner man? Never. He just had his cut man. I've yeah. never seen that it, in my life. It was weird to yeah, watch. His it was, cut man was sort of giving him an advice, too. It was like both. Well, well, not, not really. He wasn't saying too he much. Saying no, too much. I, he was no. just kind of there. You know, I, I thought that was very strange. I don't know if he was trying to save the 10%. Maybe he he didn't want to give anyone the 10% of his purse. What is I don't he? know. Is he Ukrainian? L- Russian? Well, he's, he came from the Russian system, but as you could see, he's got the Asian blood. He's probably a Korean or something like that. So like, like a North Russian. Well, genetically, yeah. yeah. But he came from that Soviet system. Yeah. He was a tough fighter, but a Hopkins mesmerized him with his uh, boxing skill. Hopkins gives you a lot of angles. He's a lot tougher. When guys go in there, they don't throw punches. There's something he's doing. He's giving you the angles. He's moving. He's shifting. He's How a, much he, longer do you think Hopkins got? I don't know. I think he's got a couple more years, definitely, because he's such a great technician in the ring. He's so skilled at it. Yeah. He knows when to punch, when to hold, when to get inside, when to get outside. I mean, he's just he's he's a veteran. He's a savvy veteran. He's like he knows Bret Hart, how to fight. The best there was, the best that yeah, best there ever will be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got the sweet science of boxing down pat. He moves in the right positions. He takes just a step back. He makes the other guy not want to punch. I mean, when you see Hopkins' opponents' punch numbers against him, they're a very low hit percentage against Bernard. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, but I'm I'm going to be very interesting. Who do you think he's going to be fighting next? Well, they're talking it's going to be Adonis Stevenson, but right now there's a lawsuit against Adonis Stevenson and Al Heyman, so we'll see if that fight's going to happen. But uh, it looks like it's going to be Adonis Stevenson. Yeah, I just, Stevenson's got to get by uh, Fanfara. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, Chicago guy Fanfara. And uh, Fanfara is actually training in Big Bear for this fight, so it looks like he's taking this fight very seriously. So let's not count out Fanfara yet, yeah. right? I think if Fanfara can stay on the outside and use his jab and straight right hand, he can do decent. But the only thing is, uh, I don't know if his chin is the greatest. He's been stopped before, and uh, Adonis is a hard puncher. Well, yeah. we'll definitely see I what's in store you. for for the alien, and and I'll be looking forward to who, what his next fights are going to be. So. Um, We'll go on to the next card, uh, and that's going to be the single card that was on ESPN, uh, and that was the uh, Klitschko-LePay fight. What did you guys think 
You know what I think of Klitschko. Yeah. Well, I thought that Klitschko, well, first of all, before I get into that, I just want to say I think it's nice that ESPN is picking up these fights. Yeah, I, that I do agree with, yeah. and it's good that they're putting it on primetime finally, and they're yeah, putting them it, out. It was nice to see. Yeah, yeah. ESPN, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a, as far as sports goes, I mean, they're top in the world. Everybody knows about it. And they sort of, yeah, besides like the Friday night fights are still on there, right? Yeah, they're still there, yeah. But they sort of dropped boxing a little bit and didn't have as much as usual. Yeah, well, they got the summer schedule. and uh, It's you know, just good to see that they're going to start putting more boxing on TV now, finally. Yeah, I mean, this just showcases boxing, and hopefully we can get more viewers this way. It's always nice to see a heavyweight title fight on TV and free TV. Remember, remember when they used to be on ABC? Back in the day? Yeah, the yeah. wide world of sports. Yeah, yeah. They like they got to do fights. that too, like on Saturday nights, or at least play replays. Not only that, they used to have USA Tuesday night fights. I remember yeah, those. Yeah, with Sean O'Grady. Yeah. No, wait, Thunder, James Thunder. Yeah, James, James Thunder, Thunder would down fight on there yeah. a lot. Yeah. James Down Under Thunder. Yeah, well, a lot of guys, did Galata fight on there? Or did yes, he, yeah, he did. yeah, he did. He Samson fought that Samoan. Samoan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he was on there yeah. before he got big and stuff, so he fought. Uh, David Tua was on there, I remember. Yeah. A lot of guys a lot before of guys he got names. big. Holmes yeah. was on there. He yes. fought uh, Maurice Harris on there. Lair, uh, what's his name? Larry Mercer. Holmes. Or who's Ray, the guy with the... Foreman. Ray Mercer. With Foreman no was on there on his comeback trail. Who Ray was Mercer. the no-neck guy? Ray, Ray Mercer. Mercer. I remember he was on there. Man, that guy can take a punch and give one back, too. That guy, remember, we were talking about the fight he fought with. Who was he? I had it on VHS. Lewis, was it, when you kept hitting him, and, or Morrison? He beat a lot of guys. It was someone. No, we we had it on tape. He was an undercard for Galata. And I remember saying that, dude, Ray Mercer's neck is like a fire hydrant. It doesn't yeah. move. No. You punch this guy in the face, and his like head doesn't move. He had a great chin. I mean, yeah. he hardly ever been stopped. You know, in those old days, they had a lot of good fighters on that USA two, you know, Tuesday a, a Night ton. Fights. Today, you don't see that. Now, I don't know if they don't have the budget for it. I don't think ESPN has the budget to bring those big fighters. I don't even think fighters. it's budget. I think it's more of everyone's looking out to make money. So when they find these little fighters that are like 11-0 and zero or 12-1, and one, these big guys grab them right away so they can put them on on pay tv so they're not playing on espn back in the day tuesday night fights you had guys that were 41 and and three still fighting you yeah, know what i mean yeah but i seen some guys i seen uh, danny garcia was on there a couple years ago before he made it big ruslan fought a lot on there pr- pr- I like ruslan. yeah so i mean th- 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 but not, i know what you're saying not as much as before but i still and, see it's, some and of i the think it's guys. because boxing just doesn't have that, pro- that 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 tv time that it used to have back in the day you know, well, the UFC and stuff, sort of. But I'm still have it. I think the UFC fan. took a lot of its its ratings. Maybe away. some, maybe some of some it. of it, some of it. I don't know about a. L- I mean, nowadays you have so many sports. Now you have basketball, you have football, you have baseball, you have so many other things going on. You know, boxing is it's more of a niche sport. I will say this: ESPN is powerful. If ESPN said. We're, we're going to showcase boxing. They could take out HBO and Showtime. Uh, yeah, They're more tomorrow. powerful than HBO and Showtime. Yeah. So yeah. it's nice to see Klitschko on talking about the fight. I think Klitschko looked good. I think he used his height. He, he knows how to use his range. He knows how to use his size. He's pretty quick. He's athletic. And he knows his limitations. He knows what he's got to do to win. And this guy's a winner. This guy's a smart fighter. He, he sticks to his game plan. He's just not an exciting fighter. I thought that fight was okay. I thought it was the. De- I thought it was a pretty good fight. I honestly thought that this fight was a pretty good fight. Well, what, what did you think, Jackman? I thought it was good for Klitschko. I mean, I mean, we don't want to harp on Klitschko not being so exciting because the guy's dominant. I mean, you know, you don't, you know, because he's so dominant. 
I don't think Leopold didn't do much to him, but that was because Klitschko was doing very well against him. He used his size. He used his tools, which he which is which he has his long jab, his straight right hand, and he just systematically broke this guy down. And that's what you got to do. You don't want to rush in there. You're six foot six and rush in there and give all your height away and get caught with a lucky punch by this guy. So, do you guys? And we had this conversation before. Do you? When it's all said and done, do you guys have Klitschko as a top ten of all time heavyweight? Without a doubt, oh. you, you have to. You no. have to have him as a top ten. I don't know if I have him as a top ten. I would have to look at the list, but he is very good. And he is dominant in his era. And he's been champion what ten he's years? Dominant. He hasn't it, lost in so far. He's, he's the best of the worst. There's not a huge heavyweight like challenge out there. No, I know what you're saying. It's like when you're the best of the worst class, that's nothing. Yeah, but he dominates put, put these Klitschko, guys. He domin- put, I mean, put Klitschko during the era of Lennox Lewis, Evander Holyfield, and all those guys. He he couldn't Ray Mer- he couldn't beat Ray Mercer. I he think did, he would have beat all those guys. He did beat Ray Mercer, not but in actually, his prime. Yeah, Ray Mercer was like 40 years yeah, old. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't fight. He couldn't beat these guys. I, I disagree with you there. I, I think, think you I, think that Klitschko could beat Ray Mercer at his prime. I think he has a good chance if he stays on the outside and uses his jab. This guy's long. This guy's tall. And Ray Mercer had a hard time against his size and his reach. Also, Ray Mercer was hitting him with his own jab, which was busting uh, Klitschko up a little bit. But he was getting rocked by some of the Klitschko's punches. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I still I, stand I, on Klitschko. He's I, not a favorite fighter of mine. I, I do agree with you, Big Nick, to some extent. I think in the 90s would have been a much tougher time. Yeah, would, I, I do think he would have beat a lot be of these guys. He'd be the guy that they throw in the undercards to lose all the time. No, no, no. I don't think guys. he would lose all hey, the time. Listen, guys. I don't think he would lose all the time. Listen, you know, part of the problem with Klitschko is he's a European fighter. He doesn't speak the language well. Imagine if this guy spoke English well and this guy had the charisma. We, we, we You probably wouldn't be saying that about him. You know, people would like him more. This guy's a foreign heavyweight. Imagine if this guy was a white, you know, heavyweight, you know, born in Oklahoma. Like a Tommy Morris. Yeah, yeah. how much people would like him. We'd but probably Tommy be singing was, a different tune. Yeah, but uh, you, you're probably right. But Tommy fought with uh, more vigor. But you know what? You got to use your tools that you're given. He's got size and reach, and he's smart for doing that. And the guy is dominant. And you, you don't want to knock him because he is dominant. This guy's athletic. People don't realize a guy that big, the way he moves, he's pretty fast. He's got a good punch. And like I said before, he's patient. He knows how to win. That's a tough fight for anyone. And I I really don't see anyone out there beating him. I'd like to see him fight Deontay Wilder. I know Wilder's not experienced, but just to see the size match up. You know, 6'7 against 6'7. Yeah, you can see the reach and everything might be similar. And Deontay Wilder, he can hit. He's a big power puncher. So whenever you have a guy like that, anything can happen. All right. So enough of Klitschko. We're moving on. Yeah, enough of Klitschko. And, uh, you know, I just want to say I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. I I know he's not the most exciting guy, but I think he would have gave anyone problems in heavyweight history. I mean, I I will say he did look good against Leopold, you know. So I don't know how good Leopold is, but he did look good against him. Did you see how much smaller Leopi looked than him? Yes. Yeah, I mean, the size differential was ridiculous. All right, so we're going to move on to the next card. The next card, you're looking at uh exciting fighter, Keith Thurman versus Julio Diaz. Uh, but the undercards first, where we're looking at Omar Figueroa versus Jelly, uh, Jelly Jerry Belamontes. Uh, that was a WBC lightweight title. What would you guys uh, take on that? I mean, I scored this fight. I had Belmontes winning this fight 116 to 113 uh i mean 
him and Bel, uh, Figueroa and Belmontes, they fought each other five times in the amateurs. Belmontes beat him five times in the amateurs. So there's a history there between them. And I thought that he boxed beautifully. He didn't throw a lot of punches, but he was very accurate. And I really thought that he won that fight. I saw Jerry Belmontes also won that fight. I saw he was a good counterpunching. I saw he hit, he hit the cleaner shots. Figueroa was just throwing volume, but I don't think a lot of them were that clean or didn't land uh, that good. Uh, I think Belmontes outboxed him. I look, I like to score on clean boxing, so he beat him in the amateur, and I think he beat him in the pro. I think he got an unfair decision because Figueroa is the more uh, upcoming name coming up. So they wanted to push him more. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, it was a close fight. I'm not going to say it was one-sided, but I think uh, I give Belmontes the nod. I was impressed with Belmontes. I mean, this guy, you know, they said he works full-time. They gave him six weeks off for that fight. And you got to give this guy a lot of credit. To fight at that level, to work full-time, I mean, that's tough. So I give him a lot of credit for that. And uh, I just thought that he won this fight. And I'm really not impressed with Figueroa. I mean, they're trying to hype this guy up like he's a solid, you know, very good champion. I think he's one of the worst champions in boxing. I think that um, there's a lot of light, lightweights out there that would beat him. I really do. And I think they're talking him and Santa Cruz, and I think Santa Cruz will handle him. Yeah, the body snatcher. Yeah, he hits harder, and he hits uh, more with more conviction and cleaner shots. And uh, I don't know, F- Figueroa doesn't blow me away either. I think he's decent, but I don't think he's. It doesn't impress me too much. He just looks raw. He doesn't really. He, I mean, he's got good stamina, but he's just not really clean with his punches. And I don't really see him, uh, you know, being at the top too long. I think he'll get picked off soon. Yeah, so, I agree. So going into the second fight, we ended up having, uh, and, and people pronounce this guy's name a, a lot differently, but uh, you got... Uh, Matisse. Matisse, Matisse. No, Matisse. Uh, Lucas Matisse versus Molina, and that was a super lightweight. And I think, Jackman, you were talking about earlier how uh, you liked this one. Yeah, it was a really good fight to watch, guys. Molina was winning earlier. He hit him with a couple right hands on the side of the head, and uh, Lucas was hurt, which you don't see him hurt often. I mean, hardly. The only time I really seen him hurt was against Danny Garcia, and but he got up and he kept fighting back. He kept fighting back. He started to wear uh, John Molina down. He cut him on the side of the head, a bad cut, and in the late round he stopped him. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought so far this is fight of the year. I thought this was a great fight. Molina hurt Matisse early. Matisse showed composure, got back in the fight, and won the fight. I thought it was a great fight. What I thought was real interesting was Molina was coming up from lightweight, from 135 to 140, and he looked like the bigger guy. I thought, I mean... I thought that was very, very interesting. Uh, Matisse actually looked smaller than him. Yeah, John Molina did look like a bigger guy. and Even announcers were saying that, and I noticed that myself from observing, watching the fight. Yeah, it looked like Molina was depending too much on that one punch, and uh, he hurt Matisse you know, a couple times. I mean, he hurt him bad, but Matisse showed composure and uh, came back, and I like this guy, Matisse. He's an exciting fighter. I like both guys. I like to see this guy, Molina, back on Showtime. Did you see how the corner got into it with the doctor? Oh, yeah, the doctor wanted to take a closer inspection. And, yeah, uh, the cor- Goosen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny. You know, Goosen's like, hey, you know, don't, you know, I don't know, they were going back and forth, but uh, it was. Yeah, it was, that, you don't see that too often. No, well, once really in a while, don't. once in a while, but not, 
Yeah. You know, one thing I got to say about Mutise is he stuck to his game plan. He didn't uh, panic and just try to go for haymakers. He kept coming at him. He kept boxing. He he kept his uh, hands up for that left hook, you know, and uh, he kept coming in on his game plan and slowly uh, wore Molina down. Yeah, I mean, some of these Argentinians, they're pretty tough fighters. You know, you got Matisse, you got Maidana. And, I mean, uh, you know, they bring a unique style. And, uh, I mean, they're tough guys. Yeah, and, hard and, punching also. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mat- both of those guys, they can crack. Man, Molina took some shots in the later round. I was surprised how he took them and kept going. Yeah, Molina's tough. There's no doubt about that. So you're, you're saying fight of the year on this one for Matisse and So Molina. far. So, so far, far it's the fight it's of the there. year. And I, I thought it was a great fight. Nice. Yeah, it was a really good fight. All right, the main event of that card you were looking at, Keith Thurman versus Julio Diaz. And I know Keith Thurman is one of the up-and-coming uh, welterweights out there. And uh, what's your take on this stuff? I mean, Keith Thurman is one of the hottest prospects in boxing right now. Yeah, I mean, I the mean, guy's 23-0. What more can you say? He's got power. He can box. I mean, uh, he, he was in the same gym with Winky Wright and Jeff Lacey, so you know he comes from a good camp. 23-0 and 21 knockouts, so he basically won decision twice. Right, and they said this guy was sparring against uh, Jeff Left Hook Lacey and uh, Winky Wright at the age of 16 years old and holding his own, guys. And then didn't we, didn't, weren't we talking about this, uh, Jackman, before and said that uh, they are trying to do Thurman Porter next? Yeah, they were, they, were talking, they were asking Thurman that at the end of the bout. What do you think about Porter? And, you know, he was saying, well, we know each other. If they want to get it on, you know, that's fine. Yeah, and I I'll like Porter. On. I think that'd be a great fight. Yeah, I think that's a great fight. Um, both guys are undefeated. Both guys are um, earlier in their career, early on in their career. Yep. And generally speaking, let's face it, guys, these kind of fights don't take place. These guys and they are should, both, though. They should. I agree. But That they, would make boxing so much appealing when you see fights like this. Yeah, I agree. They don't Even agree. if they lose, like back in the old days, we used to see fighters fight each other three, four times if there were wars. I agree. I mean, back in the day, and it doesn't it was hurt more, your career. It was more everyone fought everyone. Today, yeah. if you lose one, you know, you get bounced back. You bit. get bounced back hugely. That's why they don't do that. That's why... A lot of times, like like Sammy stated, they don't fight two young up and coming stars early in their careers undefeated, because uh, it sets the one guy back when they lose, you know, so far. But it depends. Like like Big Nick said, if it's a close fight, and it then it doesn't yeah, back really in set the day, you back Even too much. if some of these guys lost, I mean, it was still good for their career, and they would end up getting rematches after rematches. If they and, put in a good show, and if yeah, they got knocked out obviously. really quickly, then the yeah. only bad thing I would say with that is that it did take years off of their career it does when, when they get, get into big, wars big, like that big tough fights yeah well let me ask you guys a question if they make the sean porter keith thurman fight the winner of that are they ready for mayweather i don't think so no i think they still need more seasoning no i think then after that you end up doing something with either like marquez Pacquiao, maybe even put up yeah. against bradley i mean bradley's got to win another fight though i mean he there, can't just get into that mix there's i think of, they're, i think they're close though I think they're close. I think guys. if they end up beating especially, like a Marquez especially or Pat- Thurman, yeah. I mean, he's close. Maybe, maybe a couple more fights. I agree, but I think he's close. He beat uh, Soto Carras. He beat a couple uh, tough guys coming up. He had a tough fight with that uh, Argentinian guy. Uh, there's talk of Sean Porter possibly fighting Pacquiao. Mm. I mean, I know Pacquiao's on HBO, but too su- early, man. Supposedly, they're saying he's. Nah, I don't think so, man. I think I think Pacquiao's a little bit on his way down. I think that's a dangerous fight for Pacquiao. I think that's a pickup. It's a dangerous fight, right fight now. but dude, I would wait. Like, well, it's going to be too late. But I just think he's still too young. Listen, if anyone offers you 
I'm oh, you're going to take it. Oh, I'm taking it. Fight, you're going to take it. Oh, of it's course. Money. I'm going to take it. It's, it's money. money. It's but, big money. But no one will turn down those guys. My question to ask you guys, why would Pacquiao fight such an up-and-coming guy without yeah, a huge, if he gets taken out, without a huge name? Right. Well, without a huge name. The, the way, I'll tell you how. For instance, if he fights Pacquiao, Bob Arum, top rank, what they'll do with Porter, they'll sign him to a contract and they'll lock him in on HBO. They'll say, hey, look, we're going to give you this title fight. But you're going to have a six fight deal with us now, and you're going to, and I'm going to be your promoter, and you're going to be with me on Showtime. If they feel that Porter's going to be a big star, sort of like a Mayweather, they might want to take that risk because Bob Arum's going to have to cash out on Pacquiao. Pacquiao's getting older right now. He's getting older, and uh, Bob Arum's got to look for a next upcoming star, and Sean Porter could be that guy. All right, right, so but why would Pacquiao want to fight him? If he I mean, loses, it's going to be a bigger loss for Pacquiao. Right. So here's here's my thing with Unless boxing guys, which right. I think I hope they change quick. So I know we were talking about the whole HBO Showtime thing, and there's certain fights that we're never going to see because they're not let, allowing HBO fighters to fight Showtime fighters and so on and so forth, and the promoter's not fighting. Why can't they just end up doing, hey, if you're the champion and there's a number one contender, I can give a rat's ass who your promoter is. You have to fight or you're dropping the title. I mean, it's it's business. It's all business. It's all these promoters. Well, then you can't dodge the top guys. Yeah, I mean, so you can't sit here and say I'm not going to fight Pacquiao. You know, right now, I mean, Mayweather's what? The, he's the champion of welterweight, right? Well, yeah, you got three or four. You champions. got a bunch of belts. Yeah, got a no, bunch I know, of belts but I'm there. saying the main, the main title. So he holds he's the, the title. main. Well, he's the main guy. He's he's universal. And Manny Pacquiao is ranked number one per Ring Magazine and a lot of the other um, uh, top websites and stuff. So why can't they just say, "Hey, you need to fight Manny. I don't care what your differences are, and if you don't, then you need to drop that title." Uh, well, th- that's why you need a national commission. These exactly. guys are under different networks. One's on Showtime. One's on HBO. Yes. They got different promoters, and no one wants to give. Yes, that's the problem. And and I think the moment they do something like that, and until then, then you'll start seeing that there's one main focus. You can still have different promoters, but you have to fight this guy, period. Yeah, like I said, that's why you need a national commission. Right now, that's that's not happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, separate states, separate laws they got. And you that's, know, and they, that's they BS. Need one, Someone right, needs that to come bad. together as a group, and they need to figure something out and make one committee, and then this committee makes it into a commission and, and go from there. And just like they have the NBA is one NBA, the NFL is one NFL, make like a league called like the, the World Boxing League, WBL, and that's the commission. And that commission runs all of them. You start taking away these WBO, WBA, IBF titles and whatever, make one title or whatever the case is, and you're fighting for that one title. I agree. I agree. And that's one thing that was good about the old days. In the old days, you had one champion and everyone fought everyone. Yeah. Now you've got IBF, uh, WBO, WBC, WBA. And it's just like, dude, and then it's like, oh, well, the IBF is more important than WBO. And it's this one's more important. Have one title. Yeah. One commission, one title. Here's the ranking. I can give a rat's ass who your promoter is. If you want that championship or you want that title, you need to fight the number one contender. And if you don't, then you drop it. Yeah, I mean yeah, that would be nice. Take for even Manny Pacquiao right now. He's got no opponents to fight. There's that HBO Showtime thing. All these welterweights are on, you know, Showtime, and he's limited. Yeah, yeah. The real up and coming welterweights are on Showtime, and he's an HBO fighter. Yeah, and that's what sucks. It's like so we're as fans, we're never going to see fights like this. Well, we might see him in the future. We'll see what happens within the next year or two. I mean, there's a lawsuit going on right now between main events and uh, Al Heyman. And uh, the lawyer that's taking it on, from what I hear, he's the type of lawyer, he only takes on cases that you know he could win, he could possibly win. 
So there's a big lawsuit going on. So we'll see what happens there. You know, yeah, hands down, we'll see that. All right, so uh, we went over the cards. You guys are comfortable with those cards? Yeah. All yeah, right. That's... So now we're going to dip into the top ten welterweights. You guys want to get into that? Yeah, sure. All right. So uh, before we're going to get into the top ten welterweights, uh, give us a quick moment. We're going to end up doing the real thing, uh, a tidbit about uh, where you guys can find us on social media, uh, so that you guys can get quick access and listen to us, and then uh, we'll be right back. Thank you, everyone, for your continued support and for helping us spread the word of WCSN, the Windy City Sports Network. We get a lot of questions on where can you find us. It's easy and it's simple. First look at our social networking. Our Facebook and Twitter accounts are blowing up. Follow us on our Twitter account at WCSN, the number three. Like us on our Facebook page at Windy City Sports Network. We post all our shows on all our social media sites. Easy access listening. You wanted it, you got it. Our biggest platform right now is iTunes. If you have any Apple, iOS device, iPhones, or iPads, download the iTunes podcast app. It's free. Once downloaded in the search bar, put in Windy City Sports Network, and you will find both of our amazing shows. The key here is to click on our show, then subscribe to it. From then on, you will always get our most recent show. Please leave us comments and drop us a review. We are the first sports network that listens to the fans because we're fans, and we adapt to what the fans want. If you don't like Apple, that's fine. On any Android or Windows device, download the Stitcher radio app. Stitcher is spelled S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. It's free too. In the search bar, put Windy City Sports Network and you will get us. Favorite us, like us, leave us comments. We are also available on SoundCloud. In the search bar, enter both shows, WTR, Wrestle Talk Radio, and CSCR, Chicago Sports Crunch Radio, and you will find us both there. Again, we respect and value our fans' opinions. Please like, follow, review, favorite, but most importantly, leave us comments. Our motto here at WCSN is for the fans, by the fans. We are fans, and we want to entertain you, the fans of Chicago, the best fans in the world. Lastly, email us your opinions, ideas, and or questions at WindyCitySportsNetwork at gmail.com. We would love your insight and questions will be shared on our shows. This is Big Nick from Studio One at the Windy City Sports Network. For the fans, by the fans. Top 10 welterweights. Did you do your research, Jackman? Yes, I did. 
Are you sure? Yeah, my research and some of it off just my head from the years of watching boxing. Did you take notes like Mr. Quinn's class? Oh, yeah. Organization is the key to success <laughs> and preparation. Yeah, there you go. All right, so um, we got our list of, t- of top 10 welterweights. Um, uh, some of, to b- believe it or not, after looking at your stuff, Sammy, um, it's pretty much similar, I think, all of us. Um, the only thing is some of you guys put some of the older fighters. I did not put some of the older fighters of all time in there because for the simple reason of I only saw a couple uh, fights of the older guys. So I have, I mean, well, to some of the uh, uh, listeners out there, I mean, some of these guys that we're going to announce are probably old to them, but not to us. But um, in any case, um, we can go right into it and dig right into it. So number one. You know, number one, I have Sugar Ray Robinson. How could you not have him number one? He's, yeah, uni- he's really a universal can. pick for number one. I mean, this guy was uh, eighty-five and zero as an amateur. I mean, he was a you know he's a huge talent. You know, at one point in his career, he was one twenty-eight and one with two draws. I mean, and not only that, a lot of people they, have him yeah. probably the best guy pound for pound yeah. of all time. Yeah, they do. But not only that, if you look at old tapes, he still looked good in these old tapes, and they say they don't even have any footage of him when he was in his prime. Yeah. That's what's amazing about him. So I mean, this is what intrigues me even more, and this is sometimes a, sort of a little bit of a rub on some of the younger fighters. So um, he fought from 1940 to 1965. How many years is that? It's a 25 Five years, years yeah. man. Okay, and his record was 173 wins, 19 losses, six draws. Yeah. Well, back in those days, the people they you know they would they fight fought more often. Yeah, they fought more often. They'd fight twice a month, you know, and. Uh, it was a different era back then. Back then, in order to be considered a contender, you had to beat a few contenders. Yeah. So, I mean, you're you're looking in... Uh, you know what I've noticed, too, after I was trying to do this top 10 list a little bit, is a lot of boxers, you would think because they, they, they get beat up so much, their careers would be done a lot quicker, like 10 years and they're done, right? Yeah. Well, a guy like Sugar Ray Robinson, I think these guys are so, so talented. Yeah, but you look at NFL... And these guys last only maybe 11 years? Yeah. Well, I think NFL, I mean, all these sports are athletic-based. I think basketball, football is. But I think with the NFL, combat, you're doing it a lot more often. Yeah. Well, NFL, listen, in box, see, NFL and boxing is different. In NFL, if you can't run a 4-4, you're going to have problems as a receiver. In boxing... You still have your technique. You still have your skill, and it's a it's more of a yeah. mental game. And and the thing is, more of these other fighters are fighting twenty twenty five years, but the, the the younger ones, like and when we're going into the eighties, maybe even seventies and nineties, I mean, your their records, you're looking at maybe fifty, sixty fights, seventy fights. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then you're looking at people like Sugar Ray Robinson. I mean, come, almost two hundred fights. Yeah, they they probably didn't make as much money back then either. Um, I mean, uh, you know, but that's still, man. I mean, this guy to fight that many years and have the record he had yeah. is just amazing. He, he was so talented. I think even in decline, he was still better than everybody else. Yeah. So you know, it's it's you know, and when you got good fundamentals, it's like Bernard Hopkins. I mean, the guy's almost fifty, and, and he's, he's still, still going school, at it. He's still schooling young guys. Yeah. Yeah, as Jackman said, you know, if you play in the NBA, if you don't have a you know thirty inch vertical, you're going to have some problems there. You know, in boxing, I think. All the sports, you got to be athletic. But I think in the combat sports, uh, if you have the skill and you have a good mental game, I think it would help you more than it does in basketball and the other sports. 
Yeah, so so hands down, number one, Sugar Ray Robinson. Uh, I mean, it, almost a lot of people even have him best pound for pound of all time as well. He didn't really have any weaknesses. He was the guy was only stopped one time in all those fights, and it yes. was it was in a light heavyweight bout, and it was due to exhaustion. Yeah, he did exhaustion. How- Actually, the ref off, uh, dropped out too. They had to get a different ref. <laughs> Yeah, from from the heat. Yeah, it was like and, over 100 degrees, right? Yeah, yeah, and it wow. and it was fighting yeah, 175, uh Joey Maxim, I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's interesting? He grew up on the same block as Joe Lewis. I thought that was real interesting. Mm. And Joe Lewis was his idol. Yeah, he grew yeah. up on the same block as Joe Lewis. Wow. That's that's the what's yeah. the odds of that? Yeah, and you know what another sad thing is? A lot of these boxers they end up broke. This guy made over 4 million in his career after he retired. He was kind of broke, they said. Yeah, and that's a lot of money for back. Then. Well, yeah. it's a lot of money for now. But even back then, it was well, a, a lot, lot of yeah. But I don't promoters weren't really huge too back then. But I bet you there was people that raped him of his money back then. Too. I'm sure there's always people like that. All right, so number two. Okay, I have uh, Sugar Ray Leonard as number two. Uh, that that's my pick too, Sugar Ray. I, I have Henry Armstrong. And, I, and the reason I didn't pick Henry Armstrong is because I tried watching some of his fights and I just didn't really look into that at that era but i mean i I picked sugar ray for our time i mean in our modern day era i think if you take sugar ray robinson out i I would put uh sugar ray leonard as a top i mean the guy fought 20 years and believe it or not he didn't fight a lot of fights no you know he only lost three times he beat a tommy hitman hearns at his prime when he was undefeated a lot of wars yeah he beat a hitman hearns at 32 and 0 even though it was a close fight and he was losing after the 13th round he knocked him out in the 14th round he had to get a knockout and he did it this guy fought Hagler this guy fought Duran twice I mean you know he's a 1976 Olympic uh, golden medal which that was a really uh had a team that had a lot of talent a lot of gold American gold medal winners there you know he's just a great fighter and fought a lot of tough fighters in their prime yeah I agree with you he fought Benitez he fought everyone that's one thing we got to give Leonard he fought everyone and he was he was a star in the 80s he carried the sport of boxing and, you know, he had the charisma. He was very talented. He was a boxer, but if, if he had to go to war, he would go to war. That's the, that's one thing about saw, Yeah, him. he had a lot of wars. I remember seeing him fight. The and guy had a lot of heart. He, guys, he, he was a quiet kid growing up, they said. And uh, this guy, he's, he's you know, a really great fighter, and he did what he had to do to win. Yeah. I have Henry Armstrong at number two. I think Henry Armstrong, I think, I mean, listen, Henry Armstrong... There was in when Henry Armstrong fought, there was six weight divisions. This guy was a champion at featherweight, at welterweight, at the same time, and lightweight. It was featherweight, lightweight, welterweight. So that's three divisions right there. He had twenty-seven knockouts in a row at one point, and he fought for a middleweight title, and he lost a close decision. Think about that, guys, for for a second. Imagine a guy that. Is a 126-pounder, moves up to 160, and loses a close decision at 160, and many people thought that he won that fight. I mean, that's very, very impressive. It would be like a guy like Lemachenko, for instance, who everyone says was some huge talent, going to fight Sergio Martinez at 160 and giving him a close fight and winning that fight. Yeah, that would be unheard of in today's boxing standards. Yeah, I mean, Armstrong could do it all. He was a hell of a fighter, 27 KOs in a row at one point, and, uh, I mean, he was only stopped twice. This guy really didn't have any weaknesses. And, you know, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, that was his idol. Who? Where, where did you have uh, Sugar Ray Leonard on your, on I your had list? Him, so? I had him at number three. So you had him next? Yeah, I anyways. had him next, yeah. 
All right, so that, that, that's that's you can't complain about that. That's actually uh, Armstrong is. I mean, I, I I did a lot of research and read about him. I mean, he is a great fighter and stuff. But um, all right, so three. You have Sugar Ray Leonard. Yes, I do. Um, who's your number three? I have the Hitman, Tommy Hitman oh, Hearns. Oh, man, I'm liking you. Yeah, Jackman, I have the Hitman. this is it. The Motor City Cobra. Yeah, you know, the only thing is the Hitman didn't spend a huge amount of time at welterweight. Uh, he was dominant there, but, you know, his six foot one frame, he moved up. But, I mean, this guy was an awesome boxer and a heavy hitter, too, with that right hand. He would jab you, jab you, and knock you out cold with your right hand. He beat a lot of guys. He knocked out the ran. He beat. Granted, it was a uh, light, uh, uh, light middleweight or super whatever uh, one weight class above the welterweight. But uh, I liked uh, Tommy Hitman Hearns in his boxing style. You know, he was uh, the first fighter in history to win five world titles in five different weight divisions. You know, he fought Leonard in his prime, and like he was like I stated earlier, he was winning. But then he got stopped in the fourteenth round. Uh, you know, so. I mean, I've got, and again, I'm, we can go into the questions of how many fights you fight and stuff, but I mean, Sugar Ray Leonard, I know, didn't fight a lot of fights, um, and some of the younger fighters haven't either, but I mean, again, you're putting Tommy Hearns in a class where Sugar Ray Robinson, like we said, nearly 200 fights fought. Thomas Hearns, I mean, 61, 5, and 1, 48 knockouts. I mean, these guys fought a lot of fights. Uh, he put in a lot of great wars as well. The guy didn't duck anybody. I mean, it's just respectful of, of the fights he had. Um, and, I mean, you can't take away what he accomplished in the ring. I mean, the guy was a great fighter inside the ring. No, and he went up in weight, guys. He fought at, I believe, light heavyweight, too. He beat a young uh, Virgil Hill. Uh, you know, he, he beat a lot of guys, you know, up in weight. You know, he went up to middleweight, then he went up to light heavyweight, and he was still very good. Even though he was past his prime, he was that good where he was can still be really good in the higher weight divisions. Yeah, I had uh, Kid Gavilan at four. I had Tommy Hearns at number five. Tommy Hearns was unbelievable. He could fight on the inside, the outside. For me personally, if I was a welterweight, that'd be the scariest guy for me to fight in history. I mean, you couldn't run from this guy. You couldn't hold it. I mean, this guy was just unbelievable. He was a hell of a fighter. And as Jackman stated, he was winning that fight, that first fight against Leonard. Imagine if he would have been able to hold on for yeah. another round. He would have been the number three or the number two guy. Yes. Right. They don't, time. Right. And they don't even go 15 rounds no more. You know, that no, was in the 14th round. Point, yeah, good that's point. The other, yeah. I forgot about that. Today, you consider that. Point, right. They used to, used to go in 20 uh, even past. Oh, like back, back, back then, they used to keep going. I would also like to add, Emmanuel Stewart trained him, and Emmanuel Stewart said that was the one fighter that he had that he never questioned Emmanuel Stewart. If Emmanuel Stewart said, hey, you're going to run 10 miles today, he would do it. If Emmanuel Stewart said, hey, you're going to spar... You know, 20 rounds, he would do it. No questions asked. Emmanuel Stewart said that was the only fighter that he that he ever seen that never questioned anything he said. If, he if he I was loved a, the hitman, Hearns. If that I was, like was a, a professional boxer and I'd be in the heavyweight division, if it was a super heavyweight, I'd be in there too. Super, super heavyweight. But the, I would be scared to fight Tommy Hearns. Oh, it's, he was a mad. I mean, yeah. And, and it's just like his look too. I remember like the way he looked when you saw him on TV. He was it's scary. Like, if I walked past this guy in the street and he wanted to throw down, I would not want to do it. I'm like, just well, I mean, it just, I, I just really liked his, 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 his fights to me were very entertaining. Oh, yeah. And there's another guy that I will always remember in boxing for entertaining fights because they were wars all the time Julio Cesar Chavez. Yeah, oh, I yeah. love Chavez. And it's just like those fights, like I don't care who he fought, 
it was like just blood everywhere. The guy just and, and Hearns fought the same type of fights. I think a lot of times Hearns too. was out to get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a, I had Gavilan ahead of Hearns. I mean, Gavilan fought from 1943 to 1958, which I consider a tough era in boxing, and uh, he was never stopped. And uh, I mean, he fought Ray Robinson twice, and he actually won rounds. He won quite a few rounds against Ray Robinson, and that's why I had him ahead of. Uh, the hitman Hearns. This guy's interesting. He was a Cuban fighter, and he invented the bolo punch. The bolo punch is kind of like an uppercut, but it's a little different. Uh, we've seen that punch before when Ike Ikebuchi fought Chris Bird. He dropped him with that punch. And, uh, I mean, he, Kid Gavilan was a hell of a fighter, but it, it could have went either way. I really like Tommy Hearns. All right, so then uh, where are we at right now? Four? That was four, right? Yeah, I, I five was Hearns for me, Kid Gavilan, but go Kid ahead. Kid Gavilan. Yes. Yeah, so. All right, so then uh, then we're on five now, right? Yeah. No, we're on four. We're on four. Yeah. All right. For me, for, for yeah, me. Because yeah. he had yeah. Hearns yeah. four. Yeah. yeah. So what's your four? I went with Henry Armstrong. Like okay. Sammy, like Sammy stated earlier, he had three uh, titles at uh, at different weight classes in the same time, and I heard he probably won the fourth one. It was a controversial this guy fought a lot of fights in his career. This guy, he, he fought uh, like 20 fights uh, uh, a year. I mean, you know. So this guy has 150 wins and only 21 losses. And All right, so then that, that's your four guy, right? He would keep coming at you too. Yeah, that's my number four. He would keep coming and throwing uh, punches. He would just get in there and keep throwing punches at you and just wear you down. All right, five. I, well, I had I, I already had my list. I had Gavilan at four, okay. Hearns at five. You guys can go ahead. All right, five. I had Roberto Duran, the Panamanian. All right, I I'm going to go Roberto too, and I did a, a quick minute switch on that one, uh, and I, and it's because I think who did you have at six? I had uh, Kid Gavilan at six. Right, I had De La Hoya actually. Okay, but so let's I'm talk going, a little bit about. Ro- yeah, Roberto. I'm going to go Duran. Yeah. Talk, so talk Duran. Five Duran. The reason I'm switching that up is because El Cholo had 104 wins, 16 losses, zero fights, 69 knockouts. The guy fought from 1968 to 2001. I mean, just the fights he had with Sugar Ray Leonard. I mean, that's what it, 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 he's he's a world a no mas. You know what I mean? You, you'll never forget those. No. So well, he, he beat Sugar Ray in his prime. He beat yes. him in the first fight. And and this is another guy like Julio Cesar Chavez that used to put his heart into the ring all the time, every single fight. Yeah, he's a pressure fighter, and uh, he would he would hit hard, and he would come at you. He's only the second boxer to have fought a span of five decades. You know, he had he held world titles in four different weight classes: the lightweight, the welterweight, the light middleweight, and the middleweight. You know, this guy even even when he got older, he was fighting top guys. He beat Iran Barkley. I remember watching that fight in ESPN against uh, a much bigger, and he was a lot. Duran was like in his upper thirties, like thirty seven, thirty eight years old, and he beat a champion, Iran Barkley. Yeah, I I have Duran at number ten. The reason why I have him at number ten is because he beat Sugar Ray Leonard at his prime, but. Duran didn't spend a lot of time at welterweight. He didn't spend that much time there. If we would have did a lightweight top 10 rankings, Duran would probably be in my top three. Duran was great. He beat Leonard when he was in his prime. And uh, I like Duran. Duran was a macho man. What more can we say about Duran? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so who do you have? So that was five, right, Jackman? Yes. So who do you got at six? I got the kid Gavilan with uh, supreme boxing skills like uh, Sammy talked about. He never been stopped in his 98 fights. He had a smooth style, kind of like a Sugar Ray, 
where he would uh, jab you from the outside. He would, like, float. You know, the way he would move in the ring, he would just kind of move and jab you. I like that uh, boxing style, and he fought a lot of guys, a lot of top guys, and he fought often also. All right. Who, who you got, I, uh, Sammy? I have um, Emil Griffith at number six. And uh, Emil Griffith, Griffith is a very interesting character. He fought from 1958 to 1977, and he was a gay fighter. His handlers knew he was gay, and they would cover it up. Well, they, well, they weren't open about it. They weren't. This was 1958. Yeah. 19, it's not like today you see these kids on MTV, and it, it's and cool, and yeah. it's, it's acceptable. Back then, you had to hide it. Yeah. No one would accept you. Jackman still hides it, too. <laughs> Fuck out of here. I mean, but let's talk about him as a fighter. He was a six-time world champion, and you know, as everyone knows, he fought a guy in the ring, as Mush Jackman knows, and uh, uh, Benny Parrott ended up dying after he fought him. There was some talk that uh, it, at the weigh-in that uh, Parrott, you know, called him a, a bad name, basically a gay slur. And uh, he killed him after that fight. And what's interesting is he still went on to have a successful career. Um, but they said he was never as aggressive after Parrot ended up dying. If you look at the history of boxing, the few guys that have killed fighters in the ring, they were never the same after that. Yeah, afterwards. Afterwards, never. you know. So if you look at like Boom Boom Mancini, he was never the same. Uh, Gabriel Welas. They were never the same. No, they pulled back a little bit. Yeah. They said this guy pulled back, but he still ended up having a successful career after it happened. Right. He he kind of like boxed more, I've heard. He boxed more, and he kind of didn't go for the uh, you know knockout punch as much. He used his skill, supreme skill more. Yeah. And, I mean, this guy was a, he was an athlete. This guy was discovered, you know, uh, at, a, at a factory. This guy was a worker at a factory. He had his shirt off. And I, I believe it was his manager. They seen him and they said, "Hey, you got to box, man. You got to go to a boxing gym." And this guy was just a natural. They said he was built like a swimmer. All right, so that was your six, right? That was my six, yes. All right, seven, my lucky number. Okay, I got the Golden Boy, Oscar De La Hoya. All right, who you got, Sammy? Yeah, I got the Golden Boy also. All right, so the Golden Boy is unanimous at seven. Yeah, well, I mean, let's talk a little bit about the Golden Boy here. Uh, this guy never ducked anyone. This guy fought everyone. This guy even fought I Corte. He fought Pernell Whitaker. Nobody wanted to fight these guys. Yeah. This guy was the top guy in boxing, and he fought I Corte. I Corte was considered a dangerous fighter. He could have made more money fighting other guys. I Corte couldn't even speak English, and he fought. I mean, he this guy fought everyone. He fought Pernell Whitaker. He fought who, Trinidad. Yeah, he fought. Who would want to fight Pernell Whitaker? Who he made everybody f- look bad. Yeah, here's, here's the and thing. And he actually took on that fight. Dale Hoy does not get enough credit. No, and he Dale Hoy, in my opinion, credit. when you look at him. a throwback. Yeah, when you look at him, he didn't fight that many fights. Total, he was 39-6-0 with 30 knockouts. But, and this is why I think he's a great promoter, Every, all, all his fights, almost, at least after like the 10th or 11th match, were like all money fights. He never wasted time fighting guys that he shouldn't be fighting for less money. He always fought the top guys for big money, and he never ducked anyone. He took everyone, and he basically, and I remember him saying this in an interview before, he wanted to make a name for himself, and he wanted everyone to know that he would never dodge somebody, and that anyone who wanted to fight him, he will always fight them. You know, you know, this guy reminds me a little bit of um, Mikey Garcia as far as they didn't really, like, love boxing in the beginning like some of these other guys you know who really needed it their father kind of pushed them into it uh as far as de la jolla's case 
and he pushed him and his brother into it. And his uh, brother, he didn't excel as much. He didn't like it as much, getting hit. And Oscar did very well, as we all know. But, I mean, you know. Yeah, but what's your take on him wearing women's clothing? Remember when he got caught with that? Yeah. But, but we don't want to talk about that. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know who knows what happened there, but uh, it definitely looked like it was him. And, you know, he might be swinging both yeah, ways. That's he, what I and think. He, and he did. Uh, he entered rehab, right? Yeah, he did abuse? enter. Yes, he did enter. He was rehab. on coke or something. Yeah, and he got out not too long ago. I think he's been to rehab a few times. You know, sometimes Nick, when you have that much money, you get it. Yeah, that's the hard. world is yours. Yeah, you got a lot of temptations. It's not like us. We go and there's going to be people around yeah. you that have that. Nick, you got to understand. I don't knock these guys. These. It's not like us. We go to work nine to five and we come home and this and that. These guys, they got attention. They can have any woman they want. And there's a lot. Those guys got a lot to deal with. Yeah, you yeah, know, they got like, a lot of temptations yeah. in the world. You know, it's, you know, like I said, you can't yeah. compare those guys to normal guys. That's why I never judge anyone. Yeah. And uh, I mean, De La Hoya fought everyone. You, yeah, you can't he, take away that he was a talented. He fought fighter. everyone. He, he fought. He, he fought a lot of guys in their prime. He fought Shane Mosley twice in his prime. He fought a lot. Of, he fought Vargas. I mean, he fought a lot of guys. A lot like Sammy stated and Nick. Uh, he fought a lot of guys in their prime, and he didn't duck nobody. And he beat a lot of those guys. Yeah. So who's he beat most of them? Yeah. Go ahead, Sammy. Yeah. You wanted to say something? Yeah. I mean, like, like just as you was saying, this guy fought everyone. Even guys like Jesse James Leha, Arturo Gaddy, Gennaro Hernandez, Rafael Wayla. I mean, the list just Bernard Hopkins but, later on it, in his career. The yeah. list goes on and on and on and on. He was holding his own against Bernard. I had that fight very close until Bernard got him with that liver shot. Yeah. I mean, like I said, De La Hoya was a throwback. A guy, like, you don't see that. Today, Mayweather, he's not a De La Hoya. He doesn't take on everybody. No, and he waits until they yeah, uh, pass their prime a little bit. It's all business and he dodges. That's one thing I will give De La Hoya. I give him a lot of credit. I, all right, know. so next on the list is? I got a sweep. Sweep. I got down. Trinidad. Oh, boring fighter, Trinidad. All right, so. Ah, what do you mean he was boring? He knocked out <laughs> he a lot, lot of guys. Knockouts. He got a lot of knockouts. He put pressure on. He wasn't boring. Right. He beat Whitaker. Him, Trinidad beat Whitaker. Yeah, but Whitaker was aging when Trinidad he beat him. and Hopkins he were the friend. worst fighters to watch. I, I thought Trinidad was really boring. No, he used to get a lot of knockouts. I don't think he was that boring. I, I, I never liked watching Trinidad. He had them fights. loaded gloves. I mean, he had the loaded gloves, right. Yeah, but well, he beat an aging did, Whitaker. But, yeah, yeah, he beat an aging Whitaker, but Whitaker. I'll give Tito credit though; he did have a lot of fights. I mean, I mean, you're looking at close to almost 40, 45, 47 fights. So I mean, the Listen, guys fought. Trinidad stayed at welterweight a long time. He defended the title seventeen times. He beat Whitaker. He uh, well, him and De La Hoya was questionable. He beat De La Hoya. Yeah. I had De La Hoya winning. I had De La Hoya winning slightly. the fight pretty comfortably. Actually, yes, but I he, remember that he had a lot of power, and he he's one of the best, if not the best. I think he's the best Puerto Rican fighter of all time. It's between him and Edwin Rosario, and you know, Cotto's kind of in the mix, yeah. but. I thought Trinidad was was a hell of a fighter. I, Whitaker, I if it if it was lightweights, I would have Whitaker in my top five or top three. But since it's uh, forty seven, I got to give the nod to Trinidad. Yeah, I got Sweepy in that in that mix because I just remember Sweepy back in the days and like with the De La Hoya fights. What do you got on Sweepy, Jackman? Yeah, well, uh, uh, Sweepy. He was a great fighter. He fought. Ch- he beat. Well, no, they gave it to Chavez, but they they said it was a really. I seen that fight. It was a really close fight. It could have went either way. Uh, he had a real slick defense. He was really fun to watch. He would make guys miss. The guys would be right in front of him. This guy would duck down, make yeah, guys miss. he used to be very slick and quick. Right. He became the world champion in four different weight divisions. Uh, he fought, like I said, a lot of tough guys. He fought De La Hoya, Trinidad. He fought uh, Chavez. He fought Roger Mayweather, who was also a very skilled fighter. You know, he fought a lot of tough guys. 
he had 201 wins in the amateur, 91 were by KO. Yeah, he was very entertaining, too, to watch. I liked watching him because he was such a quick fighter and a slick fighter. Yeah, I like watching those uh, defensive fighters where the guy's right in front of you. And he used to dance a lot. Yeah, and you know what? I was watching that De La Hoya fight again. I remember watching it when it happened, but... uh you could have gave it to uh, Purnell. Purnell. You could have gave it to yep. Purnell. And that was a young De La Hoya in his prime. That was a 24-year-old uh, De La Hoya. It was a close fight, though. So. All yeah. right. So who do we got after uh, you have Trinidad, then you have I have Trinidad Sweepy. at seven. I have Sweepy at number nine. Let's just say Sweepy was a hell of a fighter. Like I said before, if it was lightweight, I would have him in the, in the top three. Um, I think that with Whitaker... Like you guys were saying, he should have been 43-0 and because his draws and his defeat, the defeat with De La Hoya was questionable. You could have argued either way. And the draw with Chavez, I felt that he clearly won that fight against Chavez. And, uh, I mean, this guy was just a masterful boxer. One thing I will say, let's get back to Trinidad, is my only knock on Trinidad was De La Hoya gave him the fight, and he never gave De La Hoya that rematch. That's my only knock on yes. Trinidad. He should have gave De La Hoya the rematch. All the fans wanted to see it, and he never gave it to him. Didn't he retire, supposedly, right after that or something? He did not retire after that. He ended up moving up in weight. Oh, but there you he, go. He, there, yeah. he, he never gave De La Hoya the rematch, and De La Hoya deserved that rematch, and De La Hoya always wanted that rematch. Yeah, and he would have won, I think, De La Hoya. I think he did win. Yeah. See, the problem with De La Hoya is he kind of ran, he kind of backed off the last three rounds, and a lot of the fans and the Mexicans... Uh, they like We're somebody sort of like Ch- yeah, they like somebody like Chavez to go in there and mix it up a little more. But he clearly outboxed Trinidad, I thought, in that fight, and he showed his because uh, De La Hoya can do it all. He can box, he can slug, you know, and he showed his boxing skill. Because Trinidad was a very hard puncher, like Sammy said, he had a lot of knockouts in his career. Yeah. But, all right. So what's uh, what are we on now? Eight. Yeah, eight. or nine. I got well, number eight. I got Barney Ross. You got Barney. Go yeah. ahead, talk a little bit about all Barney right, Ross. Well, uh, I mean, this guy was a tough. Uh, you know, a Jewish fighter. Uh, he was born in New York, came to Chicago. Uh, I mean, this guy was never knocked out. And, uh, I mean, even in his last fight against Armstrong, he was getting dominated. The corner offered to stop the fight. He didn't want to stop the fight. He kept fighting, and he ended up losing the decision. But that just showed his toughness. This guy was never knocked out. And, I mean, he was a tough guy. He had a tough upbringing. And... He, his father was actually a Jewish rabbi, and they said that Barney Ross was going that way, but his dad had a, had a vegetable shop on Maxwell Street, and his dad ended up dying in a robbery. They ended up killing his dad. His mom had a nervous breakdown, and that's what got him into boxing. He wanted to unite his family. His brothers and sisters, they weren't in an orphanage. He wanted to unite his family, and he was never religious, but he was a pride of the Jewish people. At that time, uh, there was a lot of discrimination at that time. And, uh, I mean, he was just a tough fighter. I mean, uh, you know, he, he after he fought, he ended up going into the Marines. He ended up winning a Silver Star. So I thought he was a great fighter, and he had an interesting life story. Yeah, and he fought in a tough era with a lot of great boxers at the time. Yeah, I thought the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, I thought, I mean, those were some tough eras in boxing. A lot of people boxed that back then and i don't think the drop-off is that much as it is in other sports in boxing no 
No, because of the weight classes. Like in football and a lot of other sports, you got the size differential, you know. And uh, I think in boxing, you don't have that, of course, because you got the weight class. Well, except in the heavyweight division. But in other divisions, you got the weight class. And I think there, the America was going through, you know, uh, poverty and the depression at that time. You had a lot of people that was their way out in, in America, and uh, they took it. And a lot of people were immigrants from other countries. And uh, they made good with boxing. That was their way out and their way to uh, success and, uh, you know, money and uh, for to provide for their family. Yeah, and back in those days, you didn't have a lot of sports. What was it back in those days? I think it was baseball and boxing pretty much in the yeah, 30s and baseball. 40s. That's it. Yeah. So more people were doing it. When more people are doing it, it's more of a, it's a bigger talent pool. Right. right. You didn't have no basketball. And uh, football was just beginning, but it wasn't popular. It wasn't popular. No, yeah. it wasn't popular. Just baseball and box. You're right. So you, who'd you have in there, Jackman? As a uh, number nine, eight, eight or nine, eight, I think. Eight, I had Pernell. Which, okay, which we, we already talked did that. About. All right, so who's nine? And I had nine? nine. I had Sugar Shane Mosley. There you go. Yeah. Sugar Shane Mosley, really? Yes. Yeah, wow. that's who I had too. Wow, why? Why did you guys have him that high? <laughs> I cheated off of Jackman. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, well, I, I, I think Shane and and uh, he, he did accomplish a lot. The only thing is that I mean, for for a fighter in our era, I mean, he had sixty matches. So overall, you're looking at forty seven nine and one, thirty nine knockouts. Uh, I think he was for 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 the fighter that he was fighting. I think he was really slick and he was a really good offensive fighter. Yeah, I mean, he, he was he, dominant at a certain point for like a good like what like seven eight years. Oh yeah, in two thousand two thousand one, he was named the ring pound for pound best fighter in the world. Yeah, this this is another guy we talk about the La Jolla not ducking anyone. This is another he didn't guy. Either. No, he didn't either. He's he fought De La Jolla twice in his prime. He fought Vargas. He beat Vargas twice. Uh, he fought a lot, a lot, a lot of tough guys, and he beat most of them. Well, let me say this though. I don't give Mosley the credit I give De La Hoya, and I'll tell you why. Mosley wasn't the money man. De La Hoya was the Mayweather of today, and De La Hoya could pick anyone who we wanted to fight. Mosley couldn't. Mosley had to fight De La Hoya. De La Hoya was the money man. So, I mean, Mosley I thought was a hell of a fighter, but if you look at him at welterweight, I don't know. Who, I would have to look this up, but I don't know who he beat besides De La Hoya. He had those two fights with De La Hoya, but other than that, who did he beat? I can look it up. I mean, yeah, who you beat, Jackman? Do you guys know who he beat? I don't. I mean, I. I, I know he fought. Li- I know he, he was great at one thirty-five. Lightweight. Yeah. lightweight. He fought. Li- he, well, I mean, he fought Vernon Forrest. Vernon Forrest beat him a couple times, I believe. Yeah. Ver- well, it was a it was a bad style matchup. Vernon Forrest used his uh, height and his links and his reach against Shane. It wasn't a good style. He fought him the second time. He did much better in the second fight. Although I still had Forrest winning, he did improve a lot. Uh, he fought a tough and tough fight with Sakoto, uh, Shane. I mean, they gave Cotto the decision. He probably won, but it was very close. Uh, he beat, what's his name? Uh, the, the guy was knocking everybody out, Mayorga, after he came off that victory after, uh, not Mayorga. He beat Mayorga too, but he beat the Margaritos, the one who I'm thinking about. And this was an older Shane Mosley. You know, I think that might have been bigger than uh, Walter Waite, was it? Might have been 154, I'm not sure. All right, so he beat a lot of guys, and he kept fighting no, up in his age. You're too. sort of right; he hasn't really. fought. Yeah, that's why the I fighters didn't have him. he's fought is sort of past his prime. So, I mean, in tw- 2012, he fought uh, obviously Canelo. Yeah, yeah, he was too old then. Margarito in 2009, he was old. Vargas in 2006, I think he was still old at that time. No, he wasn't that old. He, he, he beat I Vargas think he was twice. in his prime in about 2004, the early 2000s. Yeah, like, like when he fought Winky Wright, De La Hoya in 2003. Uh, for yeah, Forrest in two thousand and two. That's when he was at his prime. De La Hoya again in two thousand. 
Uh, with I mean, he, Fredo owns two, Rivera. he owns two victories over the Golden Boy. I, I know they were close John, decisions. John Molina in 98. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, he really hasn't fought like huge big names. At welterweight, he didn't. But let's be I, I saw fair, he fought he, pretty big names in his career. Well, at, at light middleweight, he fought Fernando Vargas. He beat Fernando Vargas. He beat Margarito. I mean, he beat a lot of guys. I just he was like feel, thirty-seven years old when he yeah, beat Margarito. I, I didn't feel that he spent enough time at the welterweight division. What I think is really sad was when Mayweather was at one thirty and he was at one thirty-five. That match never happened. That was a match that a lot of boxing fans were calling for. And the match just never happened. And that's one fight that we were not able to see when both guys were in their prime. Another thing I will say about Mosley, it's kind of sad if you guys heard him talk lately, he's punchy. He sounds punchy to me. Yes. It's kind of sad. It was sad. I was like, wow, this is happening to him now too. Well, he was in there a lot and he fought, he exchanged a lot and he got hit a lot. He fought a lot. All right. So who did you have at nine, uh, Sammy? I had a Whitaker at nine ten. I had Duran. My list is pretty much wrapped up. All right, and then who do you got for ten, uh, Jackman? I had Charles Burley. This is a fighter who they don't have much about him because uh, they don't have a lot of film about this guy. But uh, he won eighty three wins, uh, only twelve defeats. This guy never been stopped. He was avo- avoided by many of the top fighters of his time, many of the top white contenders, and also he was avoided by uh, Sugar Ray Robinson. Uh, Lamada, Marcel Serdan, which was a French fighter. Billy Kahn, who fought uh, Joe Lewis, who did very well in his first fight against Lewis. Uh, he won the world colored middleweight title. Uh, was never granted a world title shot by any of the world welterweights and middleweights of his era. He defeated the great Archie Moore. I saw some film of this guy. There's, only, there's not a lot of film of him, but he's a very slick fighter. He kind of like he kind of has a mix of Roy Jones and Bernard Hopkins, where he looks like he's close right next to the guy, but they don't hit him. And this guy fought heavyweights. He fought Ezra Charles. He started off his career like 140, 145 to want to middleweight, but he fought some guys giving up 60, 70, 50 pounds, and he beat many of those guys. Oh wow! He actually went up that high. Well, he 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 gave up the weight. I mean, he wasn't as big as them. You know what I mean? He gave up like 50, 70 pounds in the ring. Wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah, and he if you look him up, they, he was a very slick and very slick fighter, but he was avoided by the times. He probably didn't have the political backing as some of the other fighters. And like I said, even the great Sugar Ray, uh, they didn't want to fight him. Uh, uh, he beat Archie Moore. Eddie Fudge gave him a very high respect, said he's one of the best fighters or the best boxer he's, he's ever seen. Yeah, if Eddie Futch says that about you, you know you're good. I mean, this guy's a Hall of Fame trainer. This guy trained Fraser and just so many guys. Yeah, Eddie Fudge was great, man. He trained. I remember him when he was older training uh, Riddick Bull. You know, but he was remembered uh, with uh, Fraser. When he was compassionate, he stopped that fight in the uh, 14th round. Ali Fraser three, and Fraser never got over that. But he was such a you know he was compassionate, looking out for his fighter. Yeah, that was a hell of a fight also. All right, so um, that's basically wrapping up our top ten. I I think what we're going to end up doing on other shows is we'll probably start picking weight classes and going through our top ten list on weight classes, Yeah, and then we'll just collaborate on that. I got a couple uh, name mentions for a quick minute, guys. Yeah, I I also got Emil Griffith up there. You know, I got got Cotto and Pacquiao up there, too. I got Felix uh, Felix Trinidad. I got Barney Ross and uh, Floyd Mayweather, Jr., that's some of the names that came I up. I had Floyd Mayweather Carmen, Jr. Carmen, wrapped up at 10. Yeah, and Carmen Basilio, too. 
You know, we could talk a little bit about Floyd here since we're on the subject as far as the top 10 goes. Well, we might as well because we're going to end up going into the Mayweather card next. So yeah. let's talk Mayweather. Okay. This guy Mayweather, as of right now, I will not have him in my top 10. The reason is, is he ducked way too many fighters in his career. He ducked Pacquiao when they were both at their prime. He made that, I thought he made that excuse with the steroid issue. I agree. That was he an ducked excuse. Margarito. Yeah. He didn't fight Cotto when Cotto was at his absolute prime. He fought him a few years down the road. Yeah, and I watched that fight again. Cotto won some rounds in that fight, guys. I think he did fairly well. I, I still gave the fight to Mayweather, but Cotto won some rounds, at least four rounds. He did very well. Yeah, maybe and, more than four, maybe yeah. five. And uh, I, I just don't, I don't, Floyd Mayweather, I just don't think he'll, he'll ever be that guy to just fight anybody. It just looks to me like he just handpicks his opponents, and he's just ducked way too many fighters. Um, I, I, I can say the same for him. I just, I'm, I think a little bit angry at the fact that Mayweather always dodged Pacquiao, and I think for the last ten years, every single boxing fan has wanted to see that fight. And regardless of if it's a business decision or 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 if he's scared of him or whatever the case is. How can you consider yourself the greatest of all time and go out there and brag that, oh, you're the greatest fighter of all time and no one has ever beat me when you've never really made an effort to try to fight the greatest fighters of all time? Now, going back to what we said on our top 10 list, De La Hoya we have on our top 10, and the biggest reason we have him on our top 10 is because he never dodged any fighter. So he never sat around and said, oh, I'd want to fight this guy and came up with some stupid reason. So, I mean, in my opinion, I, I mean, you can't knock a guy who's 45-0 and, and has has fought – I, I sort of like, un, I mean, I really haven't seen him. I've seen him a couple times look pretty bad, but dominant in the ring. Now, I know he handpicks his opponents, and that's why he looks dominant. But bottom line is, I think even if he fights Pacquiao now, it's not going to answer, uh, it's not going to answer basically what happened to, or what he did by not fighting Pacquiao. I think it hurt his career. And he's dodged not only Pacquiao, but other fighters too. Yeah. In my opinion, I mean, he there's still fights out there for him. He still has a chance to, to get in that top 10. I mean, if he can uh, fight the winner of Arislandi Lara and Canelo, and even if he beats Canelo again or he beats Lara, if he beats someone like Thurman or someone like Porter, I mean, maybe even move up to middleweight and have a fight with Martinez. Who knows? You know, he's going to be in the top 10. But as of right now, he's just stuck way too many fighters, and I just can't give it to him as of right now. No, no, I mean, he's. I think he's close. But, yeah, I would like to see him against some some of these young bucks coming up, like Sean Porter, Keith, one-time Thurman, uh, you know, Lara, uh, uh, Manny, even though Manny's a little bit on the decline, I think. I think he's still a very, very good fighter. Uh, and then, you know, we can the guy's 37. He's only going to fight maybe one or two more years, you know. But who knows? This guy loves money, and and you know I remember Bernard Hopkins saying, "I promised my my mother I'm not going to fight past 40." And this guy's going on 50, so you never know how long Floyd's going to keep on fighting. The the style he's got was the counter punching, although he does rely on his quickness and reflexes that might hurt him, you know, when that goes away. But he's a counter puncher; he's a, a safety first fighter, uh, so you know a lot of times that can uh, carry carry his way and he's got good defense that can carry his way in an older age and still do pretty well well let me ask you 
in boxing right now, who do you think has the best chance to beat him from 140 to 154? Maybe Laura. I would even even like to see a, a Porter. I don't think is as polished, but he brings a lot of aggression. Uh, maybe even Thurman. I like Thurman a lot. I think he's got a balance of skill and power and quickness, and I think he's an all-around pretty solid fighter. You know, I just would like to see Thurman in against a couple more fights, but I think he's a pretty dangerous threat for a, a yeah, Floyd. I, I think it's Thurman too, but the thing is Thurman is still too young at 23-0. and 0. Right. He's got to get a couple more. Yeah, and if you wait like another 10 years, it's going to be too late. No, no, he don't need 10 years. Maybe maybe he one or two least, years. I think, I think he, he needs, needs two or three more fights. He needs, yeah, I think he needs at least like three to five fights until he gets established enough for that. And they need to be good opponents to see if he can beat them. Because if he can't beat these other opponents, then right, I agree. You know what I mean? He needs you get you gain experience from fighting other guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So speaking of Mayweather, what do you guys think about the fight tomorrow night? Maidana versus Mayweather. Well, Does, wait, do we want to start with the undercards first or we want to start with the Mayweather well, first? We could talk Mayweather since we're talking about him. All right. What you, yeah. What do you guys think about that fight tomorrow night? I Does Maidana have a chance? No, I think he easily handles it. You him. think absolutely zero chance? Uh, yeah, I think it's a zero chance. What do you think, Jackman? I think he has a slight chance because this guy punches hard. And I think he's uh, aggressive. And uh, I think he's going to bring it more than some other... Mayweather's past fighters. I think he's going to attack more. I know it's hard against Mayweather because everyone says they're going to do that. And when the fight comes out, they don't throw too many punches because I think of his superior boxing skill and style and reflexes, he counterpunches you. But I think Maidana has a slight chance because he's he's a hard puncher and I think he's going to give a high effort in there. Yeah, about Maidana, I think Maidana's, uh, I don't think he's an A fighter. I think he's a B plus fighter. I think he has some weaknesses. I think he has some weaknesses with boxers. And I, I, if you're Madonna's trainer, I mean, what do you do in this fight? I think if I was his trainer, I would say, listen, you just pretty much got to go for broke in the first few rounds. Mayweather starts off slow and see what happens there. But I mean, you have a couple options there. I just don't really see a way that Madonna could beat Mayweather unless he can possibly land that haymaker punch. But he just throws it too wide, and I don't see him landing clean against Mayweather. See, and the thing about Mayweather is uh, he's not going to stand in there like Broner. Broner thought he was made out of steel, and he just stood in there and just rolled it. Mayweather uses his feet much more than Broner does in upper head movement. So Mayweather is going to be much harder to hit for Madonna than Broner was. I mean, yeah. I think Madonna can do damage to anybody in that 147 if he hits you, but Mayweather ain't going to be there to hit, and that's a, that's a question. He's got to deliver that shot. Yeah. One thing I will say about Madonna is he comes out aggressively. That's one thing I will say I like about him, and I think he's going to try to bring the fight to him. So hopefully it's an exciting fight. Do you, th- you see it being as an exciting fight, you guys? I, I see it being ex- exciting, but I just I don't think Madonna's got a chance. I yeah. think, yeah, it might be kind of interesting the first couple rounds, but if Madonna doesn't land anything heavy, I think Mayweather is going to kind of hurt this guy to some degree. He's going to, like, uh, counter him coming in, hit him with those, that uh, left hook and the right hand and then move. And uh, May- Madonna's got to hit him with something hard early to get uh, Mayweather's respect. If not, I think it's going to be a long night uh, for Madonna because Mayweather's great at counterpunching and picking off and moving, giving him angles and moving his uh, distance in and out. And Madonna doesn't like that. Like like Sammy stated, he has problems against movers and boxers. You know, Devin Alexander beat him 
with his quickness, his lateral foot speed, side side, back and forth. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I could see this fight going uh, Mayweather twelve rounds to zero. I could really see this going that way. Yeah, I mean, this is a the only thing that Maidana's got is the power, but this is a pretty much opponent that Mayweather likes to fight. A slower, slower foot, slower. He's not a super fast with his hands either, but he's slower with foot, kind of plodding, kind of predictable guy. You know, if Mayweather stands there, which I don't think he will, that overhand right, I know it's looping, I know it's wide, but it might come over the top of Mayweather's, uh, uh, his shoulder roll, but May- Mayweather's not going to be in there against this guy. I think he, he he knows, like we all know, this guy punches hard, and he's going to give him angles and movement, not like Broner did. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm more excited for the undercards, to be honest Are, with you. Really? Yeah. I think, like, I mean, we can start going into them if you want to, but, I mean, Broner-Molina, I think, is going to be a good fight. Yeah, well, you got to make uh, Broner the favorite in that one. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely have Broner the favorite, but I don't think it's going to be an easy wash either. Yeah, Mo- Molina, I mean, the competition he's fought hasn't been the toughest, with the exception of uh, Khan. Khan. Yeah. And, I mean, let's face it, Broner's coming off a loss, so, I mean... He probably put more effort in the gym this time. Yeah, it's it's a good opponent for coming off a loss. Yeah. I have no problem with that And then Colazzo Khan, I think, is a good fight, too. I think that's an intriguing fight. Yeah, but, so, I mean, I'm I'm more excited of the undercards. I mean, I'm more... Obviously, the Mayweather fight, that's going to be right, exciting but I think to watch, the, too, I know to what you're what saying. I think the undercards are going to be competitive and compelling to watch. Yeah, personally, I hope that Colazzo beats Khan. And the reason why is... If Khan wins, it looks like Mayweather's going to fight Khan next, and I really don't want to see that fight. And, I mean, I think that would be the best thing that can happen right now for uh, the sport. I, I really don't want to see Khan fight Mayweather. I'd rather see him fight someone else. I'd rather yeah, have this pay-per-view bomb. Hard. Yeah. I'd rather have this pay-per-view bomb, maybe have five to 600000 So then he's bomb. forced to play uh, exactly. to fight Pekka. He's forced to fight a tough fight. Maybe or someone else. Someone else. Just like what happened when he fought Guerrero. They never released the numbers of the pay-per-view, but it didn't do well. What happened? Next fight, he fights Canelo. This one, if the numbers are down, it's going to force him to fight a tough fight. Yeah. Why, you don't think Khan has... Um, we talked about it a little bit. You don't think Khan has much of a chance? Why don't? Why are you so against seeing him well, in there with Mayweather? I, well, Khan, I think he's chinny, and I don't think he's really consistent enough. I think he's got speed. He's got hand speed. So I think he can give him some problems in, for two or three rounds, but I don't think... I don't think Amir Khan really deserves this fight. I don't think he's looked that good his last few yeah, fights. Yeah, but you think Khan can be Colazzo? I, I I would favor uh, Khan, but Colazzo's a live underdog. So he has a chance, huge chance. I he think, has a chance. This I, guy's a tough guy. He paid his dues in the sport, and Khan's chinny. Yeah, Khan is chinny, and uh, Colazzo's a, he's one of those like old school, those Puerto Rican guys. Well, he's Puerto Rican from New York. This guy knows all the tricks. He knows the block. He knows he's very savvy in there. I mean, I remember him fighting a younger Shane Mosley, and he fought a really good fight with him. You know, he just came off a knockout win over Ortiz. And I think if Khan stays away and does what he's supposed to do, boxes him, I think he's quicker, younger, longer, and I think he should outpoint him. But uh, like Sammy stated, I think uh is a very live underdog. And if Khan makes a couple mistakes, Colazzo can capitalize and win because he's very savvy in there. And uh, he's a dangerous opponent to fight. Yeah, as Jackman said, he's fought some tough guys, too. He fought Ricky Hatton in the past. Many people feel that he beat Hatton. 
And he's also fought Berto when Berto was at his prime. So this guy's a veteran. This guy's been in there with the tough guys. He very easily could upset Khan tomorrow night. And I really hope that's what happens because I really don't want to see Khan and Mayweather. Yeah, I never really seen anyone really beat up Colazo bad, you know. He always done well in those big fights. But I, I kind of, in a way, would like to see Khan against Mayweather. I think he's got the. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it either. Yeah, I think he's got the hand speed, the links, the jab. But I do agree that Khan has to look better. In his last couple fights, even against Julio Diaz, I don't even know if he won that fight. They gave it to him. He's got to look more impressive. I mean, he hasn't looked. So, uh, you know, he did great against Ab Judah. That was a terrific boxing match he did against him. He's got to do something like that against Colazzo in and out and move and don't stand in there and wait, like Teddy says, for the receipt. You hit and then you move. Don't stand there and watch your work. Yeah, one of Teddy's sayings. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love watching Teddy. Yeah. So what do you, you, what do you guys got in uh, wrapping up? You guys got anything to wrap it up with? Yeah, I just want to say that uh, I hope the fight card tomorrow is good i hope all the fights are good i'm looking forward to it i hope it's exciting and uh, i'm really rooting for maidana in this fight um does i mean have, i'll be rooting for the underdog too obviously. yeah i mean i like maidana he's a, you know he kind of he's a tough guy man he's a macho guy he comes in there he comes in there to win and i'm really rooting for him you know yeah. madonna's got a lot of heart he's gonna bring it and uh in the last couple of days, they had some. Uh, Mayweather was in the news, you know, for his with his uh, ex fiance and stuff. He's, you know, oh, and they have said that he's uh, a little upset and distraught over that too. Yeah, I mean, th- I know Mayweather's a real calm, cool customer. I seen him at the weigh-in today. He kind of looked a little jittery, kind of like you know, a little nervous. Not of the Madonna, but I think he had things just on his mind. You can things. see him. You can yeah. see him tense. But I think when he gets in the ring, he's a pro. And he's not going to be thinking about that. He's going to be thinking about we'll, Madonna. We'll, we'll and he's see tomorrow night. Craft. Yeah. Well. we'll definitely see that. All right. Well, uh, that's pretty much all we got for the show, guys. Uh, we will be going over the Mayweather fight once it concludes uh, in the next uh, coming weeks. And obviously, we'll be going over the other fights that will be coming up as well, too. We'll be picking a weight class and going over a weight class as well. So we can go over top 10 of all time in that weight class as well. If you guys got anything to, to tell us uh, or, or what you guys want to hear from us, guys, just email us, comment uh, on our Facebook or on our uh, Twitter accounts at WCSN, the number three, Facebook at Windy City Sports Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, and or SoundCloud uh, or email us uh, at w- or Windy City Sports Network at gmail.com and we will definitely um, go over that uh, on our show any suggestions questions please post it and we can go over that and review that in our next show again guys this is one more round radio episode zero it's the first episode that we're putting out of uh, many going forward Uh, again here it's the Chicago Tree Party Uh, I'm Big Nick Sammy the Bulls here All right, guys, it's been a pleasure. Can't wait till next time. Uh, Mush Jackman. Peace out, everybody. Enjoy the fights tomorrow. And uh, as for me, guys, good night. Sleep tight. Hopefully it warms up in the city.